So, guys, it's our anniversary show. Uh, we don't have a whole lot planned. Um, I didn't invite any guests like I did last year because, you know, whatever. Um, but we are six years old. Um, so that said, my question for you guys tonight, um, what else stuck around way longer, way longer than anybody thought it would? Uh, Tabitha, let's start with you. Uh, I'm going to go with myself because I had tried to quit the show about 734 times. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Here I still am. Mitch has not gotten it. I quit. Text message in a minute, for which you are welcome. But yeah, the thing that has stuck around longer than I assumed is me. <laughs> I thought you meant just like an in general, like, you stuck around like not even necessarily connect to the show just like i mean honestly yes because i'm like i'm 35 i never thought i'd get here like <laughs> um mine was kind of low-hanging fruit but uh <laughs> the popularity of the kardashians lasted way longer than i thought it was going to mm-hmm. matt yeah. what about you um i mean is it too soon to say COVID? Yes, because it's still here. Right. <laughs> As am I, though. So. Well, I mean, Is you know. You... Oh, it's 35th birthday? Mm, probably. <laughs> but yeah, you had, you had half the country thinking that we'd be over this by now, and the other half thinking that it wasn't even a real thing. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Pickett. So we are meeting via Zoom tonight. We're not in our kind of sort of cool studio that we have now, Uh, but partially for a couple of different reasons. I know uh, everybody's favorite sidekick dog, Arnie, wasn't feeling well. How is he doing? Um, well, he destroyed the couch, um, yelled a lot at the window, and then threw up because he was being A, dramatic, and B, dramatic. <laughs> and... <laughs> See, he is my dog, but also he peed this morning on the floor, which is rare for him. So Arnie just kind of woke up and chose chaos today. (laughs) So we took him on a little car ride to chill him out, and now he's asleep. So hopefully he will not interrupt our proceedings. (laughs) Hopefully not. Um, And also, honestly, probably for the best, with me living, like, I don't know, a minute from the state fair and state fair traffic. This is probably the better idea just for everybody. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was a little worried about uh, parking and the rain and the fair. But you guys can't, you know, get like uh, corn dogs or whatever right after the show. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear Tabitha's face, but I'm sure. <laughs> you felt imagine. it, though. You felt it. Oh, oh. <laughs> it made me 
throw up like Arnie. No. <laughs> Don't be dramatic. Um, <laughs> so first thing we've got to talk about, this is huge, huge news. Uh, actually, a lot of our stories tonight are pretty big stuff. Um, so Fan Expo has acquired six of Wizard World's annual conventions, uh, including Chicago, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Portland, and St. Louis. Um, granted, I was only at the St. Louis Con twice, but I'm very surprised that that was considered one of the biggest conventions, but okay. Um, this year's Chicago Con, which will be in October, is going to be the last presented by Wizard World. Um, with, uh, with the new comic conventions, Fan Expo HQ will have 17 North American conventions, making it the largest comic convention organization in the world. Um, wow. Yeah. Also, uh, Wizard World will continue with its collectibles business, uh, Wizard World Vault, and will likely have booth space at Fan Expo events. That's, like, I, I'm not surprised, you know? Uh, we've talked about the troubles that Wizard World has had in the past. Um, but still, like, when I saw this news, I was, I, I was still shocked, you know? Um, Wizard World has been very good to us over the years. Uh, we've had a lot of fun at Wizard World. Um, but yeah, it's just like something that I didn't want to see happen. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that like, this is the first of these to go. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think any of us, you know, is it what well, read pop is the one that runs like the, the four big ones, right? Emerald yeah. city, San Diego, New York, and C2E2, right? So I, I, I don't think any of us thought those, they were going anywhere. But, yeah, some of these smaller ones are almost kind of not surprised that they either got sold off or essentially have been kaput based on the way the last couple of years have gone. Yeah, I only have two Wizard World ex – no, that's a lie. Three Wizard World experiences under my belt. And TBH, in comparison to, like, the C2E2 experiences we have, I was never very impressed with Wizard World. Um, and I know that they had been having, like, some struggles there for a while, so this was probably just best for all parties involved. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I had honestly kind of thought about passing up on Wizard World this year, uh, just because that's a busy weekend for me anyway. But it's kind of, like, bittersweet almost, and so it's like it kind of makes me want to, like, go up for maybe one day. But at the same yeah. time, you know, at the same time, I am kind of excited about Fan Expo. Um, I've heard some cool things about it, um, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see how different it is. So, yeah, I mean, if they've got that many cons already that they do, then it's probably only going to be a good thing for those six, you know, that they bought from Wizard World. Yeah. So, Matt, um, you've got some updates on Blizzard. I do. So I've kind of been following this the last couple of weeks just because it is still developing now that the lawsuit is out there. Um, the biggest news is essentially twofold. One, three of the senior developers um, at Blizzard are no longer with the company. Um, Blizzard did not make a statement as to essentially why or how or, you know, anything official. Um, but they, these three developers are no longer listed on their company 
like listings. Um, the highest profile of the three is Jesse McCree, who was named in reference to that Crosby suite and also has the Overwatch character named after him. So I feel like the internet community and the gaming community is going to be happy that at least that particular action has been taken by Blizzard. Um, but then also two other seniors have also stepped down. One was related to Diablo 4, um, and I forget who the third one was. Um, but then also Frances Townsend, who is the president of corporate affairs. She was the one who wrote that email to Blizzard employees basically saying that the claims in the lawsuit were false. Um, she has removed herself from her role as an executive sponsor of the company's ABK Women's Network. Um, it was a support network, a support group within the company. Um, and um, in the wake of the criticism from her, uh, as it was put in the article, com combative uh, company email, and the fact that she retweeted an article calling out whistleblowers, um, she has um, stepped down from her position as a sponsor of that particular group. She is still employed by Activision Blizzard in her current role. Um, she also did come to her own defense um, in regards to the email saying that it was drafted after following legal counsel's advice on language. So, um, I mean, they, Blizzard is not done weathering this storm. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if this wasn't such a serious topic, I would bell like, do that. But I'm not going to. Uh, um, it has been noted that World of Warcraft has removed um, the character and mentions of um, the senior developer who had already been fired from Blizzard. Those are out of the game. Um, Blizzard has not made any other statements on other removals, but they are like basically said that they are following through with removals of some um, other references. Um, but the other thing to note is that um, Blizzard's subscription or player base has dropped considerably in the last four or five years. Um, and uh, this, this has kind of hastened um, some of those downward trending numbers as well. So people are seeing greater numbers of people leaving the game. Uh, I did see an article that mentioned that one, um, excuse me, one guy who has been playing World of Warcraft for 10 years uh, flat out just deleted his character over the last couple of weeks in regards to this whole situation. So, which is, I mean, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of energy you put into that character you know, however you feel about that amount of time spent in the game, but uh, that's, that's a lot to put into it and just to, you know, delete said character. So the internet community continues to stand up for those who have been hurt by this. So we'll see if it continues to develop and what else happens, but uh, at least some moves are being made. And it seems like they are trying to get this under control at least a little bit. I can't really imagine, you know, something that I'm passionate about for a decade and then just like one day being like, okay, I'm done. You know, like, like, I don't know, like, 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 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's also been interesting. Like I said, when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, for me as a fan of the Blizzard games, um, I mean, I have made and I'm not an effort, but I've made a decision that at least for a while I am indeed stepping away from Blizzard's games. Um, I won't be playing them on the computer or PlayStation. Um, you know, in, in solidarity and, uh, which is, is weird because like those were some of the first games I really played, but, uh, I feel like it's a, it's an important decision to, to do. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, it's, you know, it's gotta be tough, but you know, I understand it. All right, guys, let's open up the pull list and we're starting out tonight with, um, actually we're going to start off with, uh, cheer up, love and pom poms. It's out now from Oni Press by Crystal Fraser, Val Wise, and Oscar O. Jupiter. Annie is going into her senior year of high school, and even though she's anti-social, she joins cheerleading for the sake of her college resume. Enter former friend and trans girl Bebe, who uh, is also on the cheerleading squad. Through cheerleading, the two rekindle their friendship and more question mark. Um, <laughs> I meant to read this today. I wanted to read this today. And then even though it was my day off, work was like, hey, you need to do this one thing. I'm like, dang it. So <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get to this. Uh, but that said, I do plan on checking it out very, very soon. Tabitha, I know you did read it. What'd you think? Yeah, if you have a second to sit down and read this, it doesn't take very long. It's like about 150 pages, yeah. something like that. But it's very quick. Um, it was, this was wonderful. It was a good read for like young adults, adults. It was very informative. It was super inclusive. It was well-written. The art was simple and fun and dialogue was punchy and fun. And they had this like, just like sense of community in this cheer squad. And like people in, in that very short amount of time, without a whole lot of dialogue, you got to see all of these women, young women grow together. And, like, it was, this was just so good. Like, it was really, it was really cute, really serious, but also really lighthearted. Matt, you said you're about halfway through with it. What do you think so far? Yeah, I, I love this. This, like, I am definitely going to sit down and finish this later. Um, it is, it, the way that it tackles gender identity questions um, is just absolutely phenomenal. It's just, it's so, it's so well done, so tasteful, and just, I don't know, like, like Kevin said, the art's great, it's simple, it's a quick read, um, the characters, like, even halfway through, just have such great depth, and the dialogue is so well written, um, it is, it's, it's just a fantastic story, and I can't, I really cannot wait to sit down and finish it. So, out August 17th from Seismic Press uh, by Steve Orlando, Steve Fox, and Valentina uh, Bercotti is Rainbow Bridge. Uh, Rainbow Bridge follows Andy, uh, whose best pal Rocket has crossed the Rainbow Bridge. But somehow Andy ends up there for one last adventure with his dog. Um, Tabitha, you did not read this one. Uh, absolutely not, because I have very little soul left. And I like it to stay in my cold, dead heart. And I'm not giving it up to you, 
to read about a dead dog. So no. <laughs> Sorry. That is that is fair. That is fair. But yeah, uh, this book was so fun, so cute. Uh, there were a lot of um, like pop culture references and puns, and y'all know I love a good pun. Uh, case in point, there is a character in this book. Uh, it's a old wise cat named Padre Hepburn, and that's amazing. And probably what I'm going to name my next cat assuming I get another cat one of these days, I don't know, it might be a thing. Um, but yeah, like, you know, and it's just like, it does, it tugs at your heartstrings. Uh, if I had a little bit more of a soul, might have teared up, not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah, this was a great book. Um, yeah, I just, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Matt, what'd you think? I really enjoyed this, but yeah, I, and I did not tear up, but given the right circumstances, um, yeah, I probably would have balled at multiple points throughout this. Um, but it, it's, it's fun. It's clever. Um, I don't know. I think one of my favorite things about this entire, this entire story is that once Andy gets there, um, Rocket is big enough that he can ride. Yeah. <laughs> he he rock, rocket through the forever fields, and that's just like I love that he can ride his, his dog wherever they need to go. That was that was a fun extra little touch, but uh, that would be very convenient. It would be convenient and helpful. Army, army, get bigger, be taller. Oh, no, no. Um, this was this was great, but yeah, this is definitely one that uh, tugs at the heartstrings in many many places throughout the story. Yeah. So, um, we have a humdinger of a guilty pleasure dumpster fire, but like any good movie, we have some trailers beforehand. So let's go to see trailer takedown and. <laughs> The last time we did trailer takedown, I gave you guys approximately 7,000 trailers to watch. Uh, this week, we only have two. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have Why the Last Man going up against Night of the Animated Dead. Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, I'm sorry, Night of the Animated Dead. Um, I've waited too long for... Why the Last Man, this trailer was everything to me. Uh, Agent 355 looks so freaking badass. Um, the song that they used for the trailer was perfect. Uh, yeah, just everything. I will still go to my grave and say that uh, York's mom still should have been played by uh, Kate Mulgrew, but you know what? I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that L for all the other W's that we got for this one. So why the last man, you get all 10 of my points. Sorry about it. Night of the uh, animated dead. Tabitha. Um, so I know we've been waiting on why the last man for a while. And I know it's because of the times we live in and no offense to you two and like I don't know, Patrick Stewart, but watching all those white men collapse <laughs> was so satisfying. <laughs> I was just like, and another one bites. That's like, I'm literally singing that in my head watching this trailer. Um, also, 
I love Diane Lane. And sometimes I forget how much I love Diane Lane until I see Diane Lane. So just, yes, I'm, I'm stoked for this. It's going to require me to sit down and reread all of them, but I'm still stoked. Um, guys, I'm so over zombies. I am so over zombies. This looks like a B-movie cartoon version of Buffy meets old G.I. Joe meets Evil Dead, and, like, I just don't want it. Um, however, it did make me laugh a couple times, even though I'm not sure I was supposed to. So I'm going to give one point to Night of the Animated Dead and the rest of my points to Why the Last Man. All right. Matt? Uh, so the entire time I'm watching the Night of the Animated Dead trailer, all I could think of was um, Archer. <laughs> and I, that animation style just made me think of Archer. And then you get these zombies, and they're in a cabin, and I'm like, if you want ants, this is how you get ants. Um, <laughs> I was having a hard time with that, with the animation style. It just was... The animation style, for me, was too campy to go with, like, a darker, more serious theme that that trailer was trying to evoke. Um, Why the Last Man? I have been looking forward to this. I didn't realize I only have a month to read the graphic novels. That's going to be a challenge. Um, but I'm, I'm up for it because I'm going to have to watch this like ASAP. Um, I think I, I'm going to give a pity point to animated <laughs> dead and nine points to why the last man. So with a score of 28 to two, why the last <laughs> man wins tonight's Taylor trailer takedown. <laughs> wow. Um, so, guys, I, I, I made you do a thing, and I kind of want to be sorry about it, but I'm not super sorry about it. Um, so, I chose uh, the classic, I think, maybe, of... Uh, 1986 movie Howard the Duck as tonight's guilty pleasure or dumpster fire. Um, Howard the Duck is, scores a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, starring Leia Thompson and Chip Zine as the voice of Howard the Duck. Um, story is powered. Lives in a world where ducks are the... Uh, dominant species and ends up on earth and hilarity question mark ensues so <laughs> if you've never listened to us do uh, guilty pleasure dumpster fire before uh we have four points of topic uh what was good about this movie what was bad about this movie um if you've seen it before what has changed for you and then finally is it a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire um I'm going to start with what was right with it. Um, especially that first scene when we're in, you know, in the duck world, uh, a lot of the puns, you know, like rolling egg instead of rolling stone, um, things like that. I really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, um, that's almost about it. <laughs> um, uh, the, the ending song I also really liked. That was fun for me. Uh, I'm going to see if it's on Spotify anywhere. I'm going to add that to a couple of playlists. Um, 
But yeah, like there there were a lot of things wrong with this movie. I, I will get to that for sure. Uh, but overall, like I did find myself laughing way more. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I was laughing with the movie or at the movie. Um, Matt, what was right about this movie? So for the time frame and how long this movie has been out, um, a lot of the special effects actually like have aged fairly well. Um, I, I couldn't help but compare a lot of the special effects to the original Ghostbusters. And I meant to look up the time frame and like when, you know, when they both came out, cause it's gotta be pretty close together. Um, but I was kind of impressed by that. Um, the, I actually thought the Howard the Duck costume, I, I thought it was going to be awful. Um, and it really actually wasn't too bad. Like, I, I would almost take a costume like that over some of these poorly animated live-action animals that they have done lately. Um, but uh, that's just me. Um, I don't know. I, I've always been a fan of Leah Thompson um, from watching her as Marty McFly's mom in Back to the Future. So, like, seeing her again in a different role was fun. I don't know. I, I, I did laugh more than I thought I would. So I, I guess that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to the, the costume for a second. Yeah. Like there were a couple times I was getting mad uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes from that costume. Like mm-hmm. there was something about it that just reminded me of those costumes. Um, Tabitha, I know you just loved this movie. Yeah. Um, I agree with you about the, like, very beginning, because it has been a very long time since I've watched this. Um, And, like, the very beginning where he's on Duck World, and it's, like, the parallel universe, and they're showing all the things, and it's just, I don't know, that was cute, that was really well done, it was really creative. Um, I agree with you also about the final song. (laughs) I agree, I like like the soundtrack to this movie, even, like, the things that are just, like, I don't know, not even so much the songs that, like, Cherry Bob, Leah Thompson's band is singing, <laughs> but, like, just the soundtrack in general was, like, real, real good. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, I, th- I think that might have been it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that said, Tabitha, let's stick with you. What didn't work with this movie? Literally everything else. Um... <laughs> No, that's not fair. Uh, I enjoyed my time watching this movie the second time way more than the first time. The first time I watched this movie, I remember being absolutely horrified, like pulling the blanket up over my face. And oddly enough, the thing that freaked me out, and I didn't really remember it until we were about halfway through the movie, wasn't Howard. Howard didn't really freak me out, which is weird considering my extreme fear of mascots and furries. Howard didn't really bother me. The scene in the diner with Jennings is what uh-huh. gave me nightmares. <laughs> yep. It was like where he was like changing <laughs> into his demon self. And I, like, I'm real sensitive to like demonic possession shit. Like it just makes <laughs> me very nervous. And I'm like, no, demons from space. That's even worse. Like, <laughs> 
like, I think that's the part that like freaked me out super hard the first time I watched it. Like I texted you and I was like, hey, uh -huh. this gives me nightmares. I'm driving to your house, Cruella DeVille style, one o'clock in the morning and I'm kicking your whole ass. Like not part of it, the whole thing. And I will drive home, I will get back in bed. Um, but like this, it, like the plot is well done for this movie. But it is just so hokey. And that awkward scene of Leah Thompson and Howard <laughs> in bed, <laughs> I have never felt so uncomfortable <laughs> in my life. Like, it was just us watching it. But I'm like, you know that moment when you're adults, like your parents or your friend's parents, and like a sex scene comes on in the movie? Or even worse, you're in the theater sitting between your best friend's parents and you're like, oh my God. Like, I was having those feelings in my own home. And I'm like, there's nobody here. Why am I so uncomfy? Like, it was just, and like, props to Howard for being like, oh no, that's weird. I'm like, yes, Howard, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that this is strange. You're making everyone feel weird. I don't like it. Um, also, it's so weird to see Tim Robbins do anything that's not like super serious. And so seeing him be like a, like a quirky geeky doof. Yeah. Doof was like <laughs> real uncomfy too. I don't know. I was just uncomfortable through the majority of this movie. Uh, and like the pictures of Howard with like the, the ducks in bikinis. I'm like, why do they have legs like that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like her pulling the condom out of the, the duck. I just, yeah, that was. Yeah, I was just very comfy. Yeah, especially since and I never thought that I would say this on you know the podcast or just in life in general. But like, have you seen a duck's penis? Like that just I would have <laughs> felt real bad for Leah Thompson. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> 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 Matt, <laughs> what uh, what didn't work with this movie for you? Um, as much as I said that the special effects did work, the uh, claymation demons <laughs> at the end that definitely was so bad, so bad. It just. Uh, those are those. That's the kind of special effects that I've watched from years ago, and I am pained by that because I know that that's kind of the best they could do at the time. But it's just it looks so bad and so fake. Um, the other thing for me that did not work was definitely, I mean, plot holes. There's there's a few. They're larger than the space demons. Um, but uh, I, I am gonna I'm gonna revert back real quick though because the one other thing I forgot about that really did work well for me and I liked um, as Tabitha mentioned the whole Jennings scene in the diner his transformation like the makeup work as he like becomes more and more demonic that was great like that was so well done and so gradual like it took me a minute to realize like oh he's actually changing like the makeup was getting his eyes were getting more sunken the coloration everything anyway but uh yeah i i think the plot holes were the big plot holes in those space demons were my big my biggest issues yeah 
Um, <clears throat> you guys each took one of the things that I had uh, had down. Yeah, the the space demon was laughable uh, and not in the good way. And yeah, like the the almost sex scene, like. I just, I, no, I wanted nothing of that. Um, <laughs> also, like, the scene in the beginning with uh, Howard reading Play Duck, like, I'm glad that, um, you know, the whatever, um, I'm glad that he was pulled at that moment because we were 30 seconds away from seeing Ducksturbation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will give you five hundred dollars to never say that again. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like and also like I don't know. I don't think I didn't think I ever wanted to see duck boobies, but you know, I did. Um how 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 in the hell was this movie rated PG? That's what I'm saying. Like I did not remember there being so many nipples in this movie. I mean, I mean, this is this was at a time where you had PG and R, so I guess wasn't well, quite enough to make it R. I, I guess. Uh. But yeah, like yeah, and you're right. The plot holes, like. I'm sorry, like, Howard was way too cool about being in this strange world uh, with humans. Like, he, like, I don't know, I don't know if they're just, if there were humans in Duck World, but it, they just obviously weren't the dominant species, because he looked really familiar with them, and I feel like he got way too many of the, like, references and how earth works than mm -hmm. you really should have like i don't know i would have been freaking the f out if i was howard um also the united states government would have been on him like white on rice like there's <laughs> no chance that you're gonna be like we got a duck flying a biplane like and we got some cops shooting at him and like the cia is not gonna roll in like right it's just not happening yeah so but yeah and just just to go back like I, I, I hate to go back to that scene with him and um, Leah Thompson's character, but like it's no. so, <laughs> it's so weird because like you know I've read Howard the Duck comics before and like and they are an item still you know or at least you know at, at times you know they're an item and like in the comic books it didn't bother me at all, but like in the movie I'm like very weirded out by this and it's like okay like I guess this is still slightly better than B movie because at least a woman's not having sexual relations with a bee, just with a duck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like, I just was like, I don't know. It was really weird. It was really weird. Um, and I was just complete and total tangent. Um, are you guys familiar with the, uh, the comedy band Garfunkel and Oates? No. <clears throat> okay. Um, they have this song. It's called Sex with Ducks. Um, I'm going to share it with you later because it's phenomenal. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Do you have to? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, so how does this movie uh, 
hold up to previous viewings. Um, for me, like when I was watching it, I remembered way less than I thought that I did. Like, I honestly, like, I know that I've seen at least part of this movie when I was a child, uh, enough to where, like, I've always kind of, it's always had a special place in my heart. But that said, um, that's messed up. You know, like, how did, <laughs> how did child Mitch have access to this movie? Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, this movie was way more adult than I remember it being. Um, Matt, what about you? So I had never seen this movie before. Um, and to be honest, and I've never read any of the Howard the Duck comics either, but I had always held Howard the Duck in the same headspace as Leisure Suit Larry, but like a duck version of Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry. And he's not... Like, yes, this is an adult movie, but this was not as raunchy as I expected it to be, to be honest. Tabitha, I, I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but like any other thoughts? Um, so I was not a child the first time I saw this movie. I was every bit of in college when it gave me nightmares <laughs> where I looked like where I ripped my sheets apart. Like, this was not childhood fear. This was over the age of 18 fear. And we sat down to watch this, and, like, Matt kept looking at me, like, are you okay? <laughs> like, checking on me. And I don't know if it was my headspace at the time or what, but this was a lot less traumatic for me than I thought <laughs> it was going to be. Because, to be real, like, I had a hard time falling asleep last night because I was so psyched out that I was going to have nightmares and I couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> like I sat up reading for like longer than I normally would because I was just like, okay, so if I go to sleep and I have the nightmares and my nails are super long right now and then these sheets already have a hole in them because I already like, I, this is like what's happening in my head. Um, but I wasn't as creeped out this time as I was before. I was still uncomfortable, but I wasn't as creeped out. So final question, was this movie a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire, um, Matt. Um, whether they planned it or not, this movie was the beginning of the Marvel multiverse. Um, <laughs> 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 and I'm kind of not mad having seen it now after watching Endgame and Infinity War and Loki. So if, Everything makes a little bit more sense, actually. Um, you know, the plotholes are awful. Some of the special effects are definitely dated. There's some very uncomfortable scenes, but in general, I think I actually have to go with guilty pleasure for this one. Tabitha. I'm very torn. <laughs> <laughs> I can't decide if my discomfort outweighs my enjoyment of the soundtrack. <laughs> This is the same thing I said about Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, this is a hard decision. Um, I think I'm going to go with Guilty Pleasure, though, because of, like, this, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this movie again, but, like, I don't regret the time I spent watching it. Like, 
usually when I get done watching a movie, I sit here and think about all the things I could have been doing other than sitting here watching a movie. I didn't have that feeling, so I'm going to go with Guilty Pleasure. Yeah. Um, I, too, am going to go Guilty Pleasure. Um, same, same train of thought as you, Tabitha, um, which is which is the bigger deal for me, the enjoyment that I had with the, like the, especially the ending song uh, or, you know, not even just the ending song, but the ending scene um, or the displeasure that I had with the, uh, the sex scene. Uh, I don't remember <coughs> Wonder Woman having sex with a duck in Wonder Woman 84, but you know, uh, here we are. Made <laughs> it better. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my enjoyment for the final scene beats out the uh yeah just the gross feeling um but yeah this this movie is definitely a fair weather uh guilty pleasure <laughs> so uh i'm gonna take what's that oh my god so she's just gonna let that one roll off her back <laughs> all right and we're going to start some gut reaction Oof. gut reaction and we've got a lot to cover still and not a whole lot of time. So we're going to speed through it. And we're going to start tonight with the Lin-Manuel Miranda News Desk. Take it away, Tabitha. Okay. Tick, tick, boom, which I've been talking about ad nauseum for like two years now. will make its premiere at the opening night screening at AFI Fest 2021. AFI Fest runs November 10th through the 14th. And we'll be awarding Judy, Julie Andrews the Lifetime Achievement Award. This year will look a little different, as most things do lately, and it's going to be a hybrid of in-person and virtual screenings. All festival goers will be required to be fully vaccinated. As we know, because I've told you approximately 3,474 times, Tick, Tick, Boom is Lynn's directorial debut. Film is a big screen production of the play of the autobiographical musical of the same name, written by Jonathan Larson, most widely known for being the creator of Rent. Film stars Andrew Garfield, Alexander Shipp, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Robin DeJesus, uh, Tariq Trotter of The Roots, and lots of other people. Um, it releases November 12th in select theaters and will begin streaming on Netflix on November 19th. Uh, giant thumbs up. Super happy for Lynn. Super happy to see this production. I just don't see how this can go wrong with the cast and the original material that it has and with Lynn behind the director's chair. So, thumbs up. Matt. Um, I mean, this sounds awesome. I'm excited for this. Um, also, how do I get a Lifetime Achievement Award? Because I love cheese. Um, <laughs> you got a bell for being a rude bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm sad that lives here. Um, <laughs> how, how often does she ring at you, like, not during the show? Uh, I mean, she doesn't chase me around the house with it, so that's plus. <laughs> Just giving me great ideas. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up for this. This is great. Yeah. Uh, definite thumbs up. Um, I'm excited for the movie. I, too, am excited for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um... I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> I mean, that's probably going to be tonight's episode. Just saying. <laughs> Ooh, can, can it be a picture of me holding a trophy that looks like cheese? 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> hopefully the uh, the ceremony can take place in front of the Leaning Tower of Chiza. I hate all of you. <laughs> Uh, Matt, let's have some news about Dracula that hopefully doesn't suck. <laughs> I've lost count of the shames. Lydia's gonna have to listen to this episode on her own to count them. That was fantastic. That might be the best segue you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... <laughs> After um, Universal's uh, The Invisible Man last year, it sounds like they're trying to kind of sort of revive this whole monster universe thing. And the next one in their lineup is actually going to be Renfield, uh, which, if you don't know, is Dracula's loyal henchman. Um, but he will be played in this film version by Nicholas Holt. So excited to see that. Um, he was the one good thing I liked about the the Mad Max remake. Um, and I mean, his role as beast has been fantastic. Um, it is going to be directed by Chris McKay, who has done the tomorrow war um, with an original story by the walking dead creator, Robert Kirkman. That's the iffy part. Also the fact that they are going to set this in present day. So Nicholas Holt, huge thumbs up. But the fact that uh, Kirkman's story in present day, I'm going to go thumb sideways until we get more information about this. Yeah, solid thumb sideways, um, even with The Invisible Man doing as well as it did. Um, I'm very, very cautious about the whole monster multiverse thing. Um, yeah, I just, uh, The Mummy just kind of like, even though I never saw it, just the reaction to it, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but yeah, thumb sideways, tab thumb. Um, I don't like Dracula at the best of times. Uh, <laughs> I did like Renfield, they got on my nerves. Uh, yeah, the only thing about anything you said is Nicholas Holt, and I, I can't give a thumbs up for one thing when there's like 20 other things making me go thumbs down, so thumbs down. So in the latest issue of Batman Urban Legend, um, Tim Drake, a.k.a. Robin, accepts a date invitation from his friend Bernard. Uh, in a statement, DC said, quote, Tim Drake dates boys uh, before talking about the importance of representation in comics. Um, <clears throat> huge, huge thumbs up, uh, you know, for people who are complaining like, Oh, well, you know, Tim Drake's been around for 30 years. Okay, yeah, but in the comics world, Tim, Tim Drake is a teenager and teenagers figure things out, you know. Um, it's okay for him to, you know, change and figure things out on his own. Um, I will say, though, however, I am giving a thumbs down to how the media has been responding to this. Um, the complete and total comic geek, pushing up my imaginary glasses here on this one, um, scoffs at any time I see a headline saying something like, Robin comes out as bi after 80 years. No, no, no. There's been more than one Robin. Shut the F up. And then also people like being like, oh, Robin is gay. Like, no, Robin is bi. Like, again, shut the F up. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm excited to see where this goes. Tabitha. Uh, yeah, if we could get a little like less bi erasure in the, in the media, that'd be cool. Um, this is great. I love this. I love this for Robin. I love this for a character that I don't know anything about in the comics. Um, I 
don't love the way people are reacting, but I don't love the way people react to most things. So <laughs> thumbs up for Rob and thumbs down for people. Matt. Um, I, I think this is fantastic because as much as, as much as I don't know about Robin, like there are certain characters that you have certain ideas about, like Batman has his relationship with Catwoman. That's just kind of like a foregone conclusion. I never, I never pictured Robin in any kind of relationship. So make like having him come out as bi doesn't upset any kind of preconceived thoughts I had one way or the other in regards to his character and his sexuality. So it, it, it's not like they changed anything that was quote unquote canon, which I, I think it's great that you're able to find characters like that and you can bring in the representation and do that well. Um, obviously people's reaction to it, people just need to just, I don't know, shut up. Um, so in general, I'm going to go thumbs up on this. Yeah. And just to add real quickly, um, Tim Drake has been in a relationship with Stephanie Brown, AKA spoiler, AKA she was a Robin for a little while, but that's beside mm. the point. Uh, and people were, you know, like freaking out over that, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, like they belong together, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. But you know what? At the same time, like him being bi doesn't change, you know, that relationship. It's not like when Iceman came out as gay and you know, everybody was like, Oh, but you know, like he dated tons of women. Okay, well, first off, yes, that happens. Uh, but second off, this is, you know, this doesn't invalidate anything. So, uh, yeah. Matt, let's talk about PlayStation. So, <clears throat> Sony has recently finished or is in the process of require, uh, acquiring uh, Crunchyroll, which is an anime app, uh, streaming service, etc. Um, as they finish this acquisition, there are rumors starting to float around that there may be a PlayStation Plus upgrade um, coming sometime soon. Um, so the thought is, and this is all um, potential as reported by Eurogamer, um, that there may be a PlayStation Plus bundle um, coming available, which would include games and streaming service of some sort which would include anime um, from Crunchyroll. Um, PlayStation looks like they may also do something to um, put together one streaming service for Funimation and Crunchyroll and then bundle it with PlayStation Plus um, kind of in the lines of uh, Apple One. So um, I, I don't know. PlayStation Plus is already not super expensive for a year, but if they do like a tiered system and add this to it, I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on how much content for the streaming and what the price is. So I'm going to go thumb sideways until you get a little bit more information and it's not just potential for what may happen. Yeah. Uh, you got to go solid thumb sideways on that. Cause yeah, that's like, Oh, Hey, this could be really awesome. And then you, the, it finally comes out and it's like, Oh, this is just a dog turd. Tabitha. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Thumb sideways. So, Idris Elba has announced via Twitter that he'll play the uh, be the voice of Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, I have to go thumb sideways uh, because as great of an actor as he is, like he's about 
like that voice is about the last voice that I would ever expect Knuckles to sound like. So I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But the first Sonic surprised me, so we'll see. Tabitha. I don't know what Knuckles is supposed to sound like, but I know how Idris Elba sounds, so I'm okay with it. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckles is an akinda, which, you know, in, um, you know, in, in, on planet Earth, they mostly reside in Australia, so I kind of figured he'd have kind of like an Australian accent, but, you know, here we are. Matt. I mean, isn't Idris Elba British? Yeah, but those are very different accents. I mean, but Australia is just a British colony, or, well, I mean, was. <laughs> I mean, it's a British penal colony. I don't think where you're going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, which is not anything new. It was a giant jail. Uh, <laughs> uh, the more you know. Um, I, I don't know. I Interselva, I'm, I'm going to go thumbs up for this, because I think it should end up pretty well anyways. Uh, Tabitha, let's talk about Dolly Parton. Um, Dolly Parton, patron saint of readers, um, has been an advocate of literature and literacy for her whole career due to the fact that she was raised by an illiterate father and she's always thought that, you know, reading is fundamentally important, which it is. Um, looks like she's actually going to take the leap into writing her own books. Um, I remember this happening, but on World Book Day, Dolly posted this picture on Instagram that was like her with a bunch of books. And she like put like a winky face about like, maybe like gonna write my own book kind of thing. And now here we are, and Dolly's writing a book. Um, she's teaming up with James Patterson to co-write a novel called Run, Rose, Run. In addition to the book, there will be a 12 song album that accompanies it. Um, I'm just gonna read straight from the publisher's website. The novel will follow a young woman who heads to Nashville with dreams of becoming a star. Her music is fueled by a brutal secret she has worked hard to keep, which is any reader of mystery thrillers knows is a dangerous combination. I, the rest of the book community, are kind of assuming that the album that's coming out will be the main character's album. It will, you know, reflect whatever's happening in that. Um, while I have a lot of issues with James Patterson, this is not the place for that soapbox. So he did say that it's been an honor working with Dolly. Um, he's admired her music and her storytelling and her generosity for a very long time. And the book will be released on March 7th of 2022. And again, while I have a plethora of issues with James Patterson, I'm, like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to read this while I listen to this new Dolly album because of who I am as a human. So I'm going to go thumbs up for everything about this story except James Patterson. <laughs> Matt. Um, yeah, I, I can't deny as much as I don't care for Dolly's music just because I don't like country music. Um, she is a fantastic storyteller. So to put that to the page um, and, you know, her feelings towards books and reading and I can't word, which is, you know. Anyway. Dolly would be upset with you. Yeah. I'm going to go thumbs up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> wow. That's, <clears throat> think you know a guy. You think you know a guy. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if he can live here anymore. He called, part one, he said he doesn't like Dolly's music. Part two, he called Dolly country, which is not an accurate statement. I don't care what anybody says. I, you. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. No, it is not. 
It's not. Dolly isn't a genre. All of Dolly's own. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up as long as it doesn't turn into another Garth Brooks slash Chris Gaines type of situation with her album. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I almost blocked that from my memory, so thank you for <laughs> You're welcome. I was uh, so close. You know, I, I listened to those songs on Spotify like not long ago. It's okay, same. <laughs> maybe not recently, but yeah. on yeah. the occasion. Yeah. Maybe maybe not Spotify, because Garth isn't on Spotify, but somewhere um, I listen to it. Anyway. Yeah. Garth's <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> you know, when that first happened, like Kid Mitch was all about it, not gonna lie. But before before things happen, Matt, let's talk about uh Robo the Robocat auction. RoboCat Auction. So Mythbusters is going to be hosting an auction on their prop store website um, from August 20th through September 1st. Um, they The proceeds are going to go to the Grant Imahara Steam Foundation. Um, so as such, they are going to auction off some of his most famous memorabilia, including the horrific RoboCat that he built for an episode in 2009. So they have up to 80 different props and gadgets that they are um, going to auction. It doesn't sound like all of them are Grant's work, but it sounds like the vast majority of the proceeds are going to go to this foundation. Um, I think that's a fabulous idea. And what a, better, what a better way to memorialize him and the work that he did, not just for the show, but for the foundation um, to do that. So thumbs up. Yeah, for sure. This is a fantastic thing, fantastic cause. Uh, I'm here for it. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, this is this is amazing. I've seen a lot of like people talking about like Grant's friends discussing the upcoming auction and like posting about it and this is just this is incredible. Thumbs up. So Substack is gaining steam as a new subscription-based crowdfunding source uh, for comic creators. Big names like Chip Zdarsky, Scotty Young, and James Tinian IV are releasing creator-owned comics on the service. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways for two reasons. One, um, as cool of an idea as it is, because um, basically what you can do, like you, it's very similar to Patreon, you know, you pay like a monthly monthly subscription and then you get access to their comics. Uh, <clears throat> I talk long and hard, probably more weeks than not, about how I'm not a huge fan of digital comics. I prefer to have the actual thing in my hands. Um, so as you know, I, I hope that these comics still make their way to print. Um, also, like I'm giving a thumb sideways because James Tanya the fourth is actually leaving DC completely for Substack. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's finishing up his run on Batman. Um, he is completely, you know, like, stop because he wants to focus on this. Uh, other other creators, they are still, you know, kind of keeping um, their, uh, you know, their books with, you know, Marvel, DC, that kind of stuff. But yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know that I'm super on board with, with that, but we'll see. Tabitha. Yeah, thumb sideways. I agree with you about the digital versus physical, especially with comics. Um, yeah, thumb sideways. Matt. 
I can't believe he's leaving DC to go all digital. That's crazy. Um, I mean, he's had an incredible run doing multiple DC titles for some very high profile characters. Um, but yeah, I, I, I also fall into that same category when it comes to the digital versus physical uh, comics. I, I don't mind reading them on occasion, but if I'm going to read a run, I still want to have the physical copy. Um, so you can only hope that, you know, some of those creators are able to, I guess, gain enough traction in that new service to do print runs also. So thumb sideways until we see how it all uh, comes out. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about an Alice Cooper coloring book. Um, yeah, I don't even know how I wound up here, how I ended up finding this. But an officially endorsed coloring book featuring Alice Cooper will be released on August 27th. You can pre-order and have to pay international shipping at eyesoremerch.com, which feels ironic. Um, Rock and Roll Coloring, based in the UK, announced the book in July, and they teased some images which I printed one on my notes because it was fun because it kind of looks like <laughs> Alice Cooper Medusa. Um, this company also offers books featuring Judas Priest, Megadeth, Motorhead, and Thin Lizzy. I'm never going to understand the adult coloring book trend because coloring books are like an anxiety inducer for me. They do not relax me. They make me incredibly anxious. And after looking through the images of this one, there is absolutely no way in hell that I would be able to color them at all because it makes me stressed just looking at them. Um, but I think it's cool that they do them for like 80s hair bands and like, <laughs> like it, just, that's fun. That's like a fun collector's item for other people, just not for me. So I'm going thumb sideways because it's not for me, but I'm sure there are people out there that this is for. Matt? Um, I'm also going to get thumbs sideways because, yeah, I struggle with, I like the idea of these coloring books for adults, but then every time I would try and sit down and color a page, I would just be thinking about the other things I should be doing instead of coloring. So, um, yeah, there's definitely people that this is for, and it's a fun niche, um, but I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Uh, I'm straight up going thumbs down. Um, you're absolutely right. Adult coloring books also give me anxiety. Like I'm not about that life. Um, also I'm not paying international shipping charges for a coloring book. I don't care. No. <laughs> we have two last stories for gut reaction. They are both food stories. We haven't had a good food story in a while. Uh, the first one, so pizza huts or is it is it Pizza Hut's or Pizza's Hut? For the plural of yeah. the restaurant? Yeah. Pizza The Hut's? Okay. Why would it be Pizza's Hut? That I implies don't. the... Oh, wait. No. Because <laughs> the Pizza's <laughs> Hut. The pizza having the Pizza hut. having the Hut. Yeah. 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 And then it well, just looks like... The Pizzas walking around that are sentient with little houses. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's it's right. yeah. <laughs> but it's I. What I'm suggesting is, you know, how like the plural of attorney general is not attorney generals; it's attorneys general. Right, but the general is their title. Yeah. Maybe hot <laughs> is not a title. Hot is not a title. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> <it's> a mode. <laughs> 
fine. So Pizza Huts in Albany, New York, Columbus and Macon, Georgia, Houston, Texas, and Jacksonville, Florida are offering a new plant-based Beyond Pepperoni. Um, the Meatless Wonder is made from rice and peas. Uh, however, Pizza Hut does not offer vegan cheese. So I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Um, I, you know, like I've had some meatless meat products before and sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they are not. Uh, I'd be willing to try this because I'm, I, I'm not a vegan, but if I were a vegan, I'd be upset. Cause it's like, Oh cool. I guess I still can't have cheese. All right. Thumb sideways, Tabitha. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get it for vegetarians, but at the same time, like that, that's not, that's like being exclusively inclusive. Like it's just being like, <laughs> Oh, look what we have. I don't know. But I mean, TBH chicken nuggets that don't have any chicken in them are my favorite chicken nuggets. Mm, so thumbs up for the offer, but also maybe get some vegan cheese because it's not that hard. Pizza Hut, like Pizza's Hut. Now I'm very <laughs> I can't stop thinking about this. <sighs> Matt. Um, yeah, like the the meatless pepperoni is definitely something I would try. I feel like that would be one of those meatless products that would probably turn out fairly well. Um, but yeah, like why why go halfway with just the meatless pepperoni and not vegan cheese? That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm gonna just like they're going halfway. I'm gonna go thumb sideways. <laughs> so my last story for tonight. Uh, Select Walmarts are getting a new product in October. Um, you all know Cup Noodles, right? The uh, the brand of ramen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are having a pumpkin spice flavor coming out in October. Um, Cup Noodles pumpkin spice is different from their other varieties because it is saucy, not soup-based. Um, you all know me. I am a basic pumpkin spice Mitch. Um, if you put that on a shirt, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yes, if our Walmart is selling this, I am buying at least one. Maybe I am buying multiple and making you guys try it sometime. But, but yeah, I mean, we haven't had a good, good food trial in a very long time. I've eaten yeah. worse things, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, definite thumbs up for me. Um, anything pumpkin spice, uh, chances are I'll try it, try it at least once. Tabitha. I feel like you could forgo this whole project and just get ramen, not put the flavor packet in, do a little like brown sugar cinnamon pumpkin spice mixture and make your own pumpkin spice ramen. Showing that out there. Feeling culinary one day. I mean, I'll try anything once, I guess. I just, I don't understand. I don't know about noodle. I'm, I'm getting, it's going to be one of those things where now I want to make my own so I know if it's like I can make it taste good because I feel like maybe I can. I feel like I can. I feel like I can make that taste good, but I don't trust a cup of noodles to make it taste good. <laughs> <laughs> 
trust me in 20 minutes in my kitchen, but I don't trust cup of noodles. So thumbs sideways. <laughs> Matt. Now I'm questioning all the plurals though. Is it cups of noodle or cup of noodles? Oh God, who knows? Walmart or Walmart? <laughs> You get walls. We, we've been ruined. That's You're all welcome. I'm gonna do all night. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Um, this is this is one of those things that I just don't think needs to be pumpkin spice. So I'm gonna go thumbs down. <laughs> but I mean, but you'll you try it though, right? Because I'm gonna make this happen. I I mean yes, I'm, I, I will try it, but I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> like my pumpkin spice lattes. What? <laughs> no, I'm thinking. Sorry. Um. So, what if I make cookies out of ramen noodles and make pumpkin spice cookies and just like food processor down the ramen and use that as my flour base? I wonder what that would be like. We need to have like a Geek Awakens chopped kitchen. I'd be down for that. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make Mitch pumpkin spice ramen noodle cookies. Okay. That's on my list of things to make. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Please. Are they going to be kind of like snicker doodles? Yeah. Pumpkin spice cookies? Yeah. And you won't really taste the ramen because I'm going to use the ramen as my flour. Yeah. Okay. Food processor. Yeah. yeah. I can see that working. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. 100%. You're welcome. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I think this is a good time as any to uh, to close up shop so that Tabitha can work on her recipe. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, check us out on social media. We'll be posting things throughout the week. Uh, while you're there, give us some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Um, oh! Oh, 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 oh! Um, so... Yeah, if you're local, I'm sorry. I'm completely, completely, you know, messing up my outro, but whatever. If you're local, uh, nominate us for the best podcast for the best of Springfield with the Illinois Times. Do it. Do it now. Do it right now. I mean, we probably wouldn't win because there are a lot better podcasts, but still. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Um... <laughs> I don't even know where I was in the outro now, now so like email us geekwakenspodcast at gmail.com um, thanks we'll see you next week bye something bye, bye.